Hello, and welcome to Human Is My Label. This is your host, Emily Purry. I am a wife, a mother, a daughter, a sibling, and a former athlete. I work full time. I am the founder of Rapid, a nonprofit organization, and I'm legally blind. I am so excited about opening the conversation about everything equity. We will primarily be talking about disability, as that is my lived experience, and it is often the minority left out of the equity conversation. I am passionate about equity for all identities, as I have family members from the communities of color, LGBTQIA, disabilities, and we span all ages. It is my goal to normalize these conversations, get people comfortable with the uncomfortable, and include everyone. After all, we are all human. Good morning, everyone, and happy Monday. Here we are, many of the states, many of places out there are opening up to COVID-19. The county I am in is opening today, as a matter of fact, um, in phase one. And here we are facing a whole nother pandemic that has been going on for years. I want to take a moment and just recognize the pain and the suffering and acknowledge the systemic racism that has been happening in our country for so, so many years. And also recognize there's so much healing that needs to be done and so much work that needs to be done on the parts of white people in this nation. I had a whole nother topic planned for today and I just rescheduled that because it did not fit with the times of today. I knew that I wouldn't feel right putting that out into the world and so here we are. The topic that I did feel like was somewhat appropriate is looking at bias. Um, bias when we look at as a we have a bias towards something that is something that has weight in favor of and it could be an object object it can be a thing it could be a person it could be anything I really like to go off of the scientific definition of a systematic error when we look at times like right now dealing with the George Floyd case and the other cases of racism around the, the nation just in the last few weeks alone let alone the history and there is a significant systematic error in the way our country treats people and especially the way our country teach, treats black people now for those of you who know my story and who are close to my life if you're not uh, head back to episode one 
where I tell you about why I am in the equity journey I am in and why I'm so passionate about equity and inclusion and diversity, not just because of my lived experience as a person with disability, but because my family, my immediate family, my husband and my children, my three kids, my husband is black and my three kids are mixed. And there have been more conversations around my household around what if than ever before. This is always something we've known we had to face, but now more than ever. When the current administration was voted into office, my husband woke up and said, babe, I'm kind of scared to go out for a run. I don't feel safe. And that was the first time I ever heard him talking about how this situation and how our administration made him fearful for his life. And now even more so. I thought about the gentleman who was running, uh, I think it was two weeks ago, black man who was running for exercise. My husband runs outside all the time. That could have easily been him. And I think about my son who's 16 and who is fairly oblivious to his race aside from the color of his skin, but he has been fortunate to not experience extreme racism like many black men have. And so we're having these conversations with him and how different they are than what he is seeing out in the world and how hard it is for him to understand that you do have to be careful. You are not seen as other white friends of yours are seen. Your white friends may be able to stop violence from happening more than black friends or friends of color. And it is really hard for him to understand, which is great. That means we've done well at putting him in diverse schools. We have done well as we can to expose him to as much as we can without exposing him to the extreme trauma that happens. However, when situations like this occur, he does see that his skin color will affect how people look at him. Then we go to Kennedy, my seven-year-old. She understands that her skin is brown, as I've talked about a lot. She's asked me, Mommy, why is your skin pink and Daddy's skin is darker brown and my skin's lighter brown? Like, why is that? And so we've talked about differences. That's not the thing. It's now she's hearing people talking about brown and black people being killed and is asking me, Mommy, why do people hate brown people? Why do people want to hurt black and brown people like me? And how do you answer that question to a seven-year-old? So the conversations happening in my household are very big and are very deep and are very hurtful 
and have to be navigated with grace and with out holding back so that my 16 year old son is not in danger when he gets his license in a few weeks and so that my daughter isn't oblivious to what's happening but it also doesn't corrupt her beautiful innocent mind as well these are things that are happening in our household and it all comes from bias this systematic error that has been in our society for so incredibly long and when is that systematic error going to be corrected All the riots that are happening are great. It's about time people are standing up. It's about time people are fighting for rights of black and brown and people of color. It's about time, but the violence and the destruction is defeating the purpose and almost detracting from what the real purpose of these protests and riots are which is to get the attention of the people in power so that people of color are not continually traumatized and hurt and killed and now the only difference is it's on camera. So for all of you out there standing up for the rights of those I appreciate it. The communities appreciate it. Keep the violence down. Keep the the destruction down. That's not the point of this. The point of this is to find a way to get the attention of those people in power in order to find justice. Now, I started this podcast today telling myself I wasn't going to go on this huge tangent. And I also am not apologizing for that. As a person who is white, identifying as white, female, with a disability, the last two weeks have been extremely tough for me. Dealing with the lack of humanity, the feeling of being a associated and part of the white supremacist community and for those of you who aren't in this work when you hear white supremacist you'll often think of those extreme racist people who are out burning crosses in yards no that's not the case this isn't a good bad binary as they call it I challenge all of the white people on listening to this podcast today to pick up the book White Fragility and to read it page by page and dissect the white supremacist culture that we have all been taught. This doesn't make me a bad person. This doesn't make me a person who is outwardly, obviously racist. This makes me a person who has grown up and lived in the society and heard the lessons I've heard and have been taught by white people and have been surrounded by white people the majority of my life. So, the bias 
that we all have in one way or another, whether that's against race, whether that's against gender, whether the bias is in favor of people with disabilities, people without disabilities, we all have bias. And that in itself is not bad. We all have it. It's what we do when we recognize it. If you continue to believe the things you have been taught all your life and you have no evidence to support that bias and you still choose not to change, that's a problem. That's a problem. When you find yourself in situations, when you're in the park and you see an African-American man and you're fearful for your life when he has done nothing to you, had no intention of doing anything to you, but yet you still succumb to that bias that's in your head that you are fearful of an African-American man who is birdwatching, that's a problem. Bias in itself is not the problem. What we do with it is our choice. Now, to switch gears a little bit, I know this is a little more serious than my typical podcast, but like I said, it's been a really difficult couple weeks in the equity and inclusion space for all people. And for those of us white people who really want to do the best we can, don't know how to do the best we can, and don't want to re-traumatize people of color by doing our best, it's a difficult place to be. Now, I'm not bitching and complaining about that because people of color have been in difficult places in this nation their entire lives. So it's not something I'm complaining about, but it is still difficult to swallow. It is still difficult to find out how can I be the best ally I can be and not hurt people, not continue to traumatize. So, like I said, I wanted to look at bias from another lens, and this goes for every single person out there, whether you're a person with a disability, a person of color, a woman, uh, you know, older person entering the workforce, um, whatever it may be, whatever challenge or barrier you are facing when it comes to your identity. We also hold bias against ourselves. We have been taught that once you're past 40, your life is over. It used to be over the hill was the 40-year-old 40, 40 40-year 40 mark in our lives. That is some that's a bias we have against ourselves. So then when we hit 40, guess what we think? Our lives are over. We're on the downturn. We're going down. We're we're getting old. We're we're so succumbing to all these biases or all these stereotypes or all these narratives that have been determined for us after 40. Same thing for those of us who have disabilities. You are not able to do this. You are not able to do that. Oh, you can just, you know, live on social security and that's great. You know, you don't have to be stressed about working. 
you can just stay home and and do all these whatevers and watch TV. Oh my gosh, I wish I could have that life. Or if you're a person of color, especially a black man, you're going to be a thug. You have The only out you have is being a drug dealer. The only this you have is to do that. You're a pimp. You're a this. You're a that. You're lazy. These are all messages, all narratives that have been taught to so many of us, which has created a bias, not only for the people looking at us, but for the people that we are inside of us. And today, I'm here to talk to you and to talk to that bias that you may have about yourself that you may not recognize until I just said this. You can be more than that person on Social Security. You can be more than that thug who has never had any support in life. But the only thing that's the difference between bias that is put on us and the bias that we know is that we can change the bias within ourselves. We can overcome the bias that people have put on us. We can change the narratives that people have told us all our lives. We can step out of that identity and create our own. We can put up our middle fingers and say, you know what? I am going to be better than this. I am going to achieve things. I am going to do things. I have purpose in life. I was put on this planet for a reason. And damn it, I am going to achieve those reasons. I am going to achieve those things. And yes, for many, all minority communities, we do have to work harder. We do have to work twice, three, four times as hard as the dominant culture in order to overcome the crap that has been piled on us all our lives. But you know what? It is a choice that every single one of us have. If you're out there listening today, And this resonates with you. Make the change. Don't follow those narratives. Don't be that person that anybody else wants you to be. And get out there and work your ass off and show the world that we can be better. Show the world that we can continue to stand up and fight for who we want to be. I know the systems are not set up for our success. I know that the systems, as we see on TV and social media, are definitely not fair for people in minority communities. And I know that even if you work 
10 times harder than the dominant culture. Sometimes it is not going to work out. But if you never stand up, sit down, crawl, try, and if you never put yourself out there, you will never know. My fifth grade teacher told me that I would never graduate high school. Because people with disabilities didn't graduate high school. I look back at that. I know my soccer coaches told my mom. She probably, you know, won't be able to play soccer all our lives. Her life. So why are you letting her play now? And all of those people that told me I couldn't is why I am where I'm at today. I work full time for a nonprofit. I am a founder of another nonprofit. I have my own business, consulting business, coaching, teaching, educating, doing this podcast. I am a board member of three nonprofit boards. I have a family. I have three kids and I'm married. And in fifth grade, I was told that I was not going to graduate high school. I have my master's degree. I went to massage therapy school and got my license. I went to my master's in substance abuse counseling. None of that would have happened if I would have listened to that narrative, if I would have listened to that story, if I would have given in to that crap that I was told. I also wouldn't have achieved all of this without the support network that I do have. And that is part of my privilege. I do have plenty of privilege, even with my disability. I have white privilege. Everybody, and I mean everybody, doesn't matter who you are, what community you're from, where you were born, it doesn't matter. Everybody has privilege. It just looks different depending on where you're at. I have white privilege. Somebody else has able-bodied privilege where I don't. Some people have gender privilege. Some people have, you know, age privilege. We all have privilege of some kind. And so, yes, my outcome is different than a person of color with a disability or a person who is part of the LGBTQIA plus community and has a disability. I do recognize my privilege as a white female who can pass as an able-bodied female. I do recognize that. I am able to get in many rooms that other people aren't, and I am also denied from many people, many rooms that other people are not part of. But every day I have to wake up and make the choice to be better. 
I have to wake up and push harder than any able-bodied person out there. I am judged for what people think I can't do. And what I say to that is, thank you very much. That gives me more reason to push harder. That gives me more reason to prove you wrong. That gives me more reason to stand up for my community and do everything I can possibly do to change the bias that exists around the disability community. People with disabilities can get married. People with disabilities can have kids. People with disabilities can have successful professional careers. And that's what I'm encouraging all of you to do today. Whatever it is that is holding you back, that is in your control, stand up, shake it off, and do your best. I know the systems are out there and they are so screwed up. But we can do what we have control of. And if everybody does that, eventually something will change. Something will change and bias will change and there'll be no reason for people to think and believe the way they do. I know that seems like a fairy tale in the times we're in, but for all of you out there who are suffering in pain, tired of fighting, I can't understand the battle you have been as far as a person of color all your life. I can't. I wish I could. And I know there's hope. At least I have hope. And I have hope for all of you to be better than you were yesterday. I have hope for all of all of us to be better than we were yesterday. And as long as we all fight for that, we are all going to rise up. I know this was a little bit all over the place, but like I said, for the third time, I think, the last few weeks have been really rough for everyone. And putting together a podcast today needed to cover some of these things that are happening but also give people hope reach out I am here to listen for those white people out there that are wanting to do something pick up a book email me emily.purry at purryco.com I will give you 10 book recommendations about how you can be a better white person, even if you think you are not racist. You are. And it's not because you're bad. It's because our society 
is built that way. So get past that right now. I'm saying shove it in the closet. You're a white supremacist and you're racist. And that does not mean you're bad. But if you don't do something with that today, that is your bad. Doesn't mean you're bad, but that is your choice. White Fragility, a great book. Suggested in a book group so you can talk through it. I Like I said, I have plenty of other books. If you are in this to learn to be a better human being and to be a better white person and to deal with our whiteness, reach out. Find a group. Find somebody to talk to who does this work every day. That is how we as white people can be better. And if a person of color wants to come talk to you and is willing to open up to you, just listen. That is your job. Just listen. Don't argue. Don't try to explain. Just listen. Everyone, I hope you are safe. Stay at home if you still can. Wear your masks. Be considerate of all of the people around you and wear masks if you can. I hope you are all safe and well and you have a fantastic week. And I hope things get better for everyone this week in one way or another. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for joining me here today at Human Is My Label. Don't forget to subscribe, share this with your friends, families, and coworkers. Get out there, get comfortable with the uncomfortable, include everyone, and push yourself to be better every day. If you're interested in coaching or corporate training or learning more about RAPID, visit us at rapidorgan.org. That's R-A-P-I-D-O-R-E-G-O-N.org. You can find me at emily.purry on Instagram and all my other social handles are below. Have a great day and I can't wait to see you next week.